Welcome to the Unschool Podcast. At Unschool, we deliver you stories of the people among us who built successful lives non-traditionally. Whether they skipped college, dropped out of school, or have overcome great adversity and still managed to design successful lives personally and professionally. Here, you'll learn how to skip college, start a business or career, and gain a level of understanding surrounding your purpose, unprecedented to anything you've heard before. The stories we share and the people we feature aren't the world-class entrepreneurs you hear about every day. These are the success stories that Forbes aren't featuring. The levels that our guests are at are levels that you can easily attain. If you'd like to share your story, please visit unschool.club to learn more. Today on the show, it's my pleasure to introduce Haley Hudson. Haley is the founder of The Hardworking Creative. She's a full-time freelance writer who writes primarily about fitness, marketing, and education. She published her first book, Hope is the Thing with Feathers, at the young age of 18. To learn more about Haley, you can visit thehardworkingcreative.com. Please help me welcome Haley to the show. Hi, Haley. Thank you so much for joining us here at Unschool today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Haley is the founder of The Hardworking Creative and also the author of the book, Hope is the Thing with Feathers. Haley, you've already managed to accomplish so much in your young life and we're thrilled to help share your story with our listeners. My first question to every guest is, why did you choose to come on the Unschool podcast show today? My life and my kind of career has really not followed the what's considered to be the traditional way to do things. I did not go to college. I turned 20 years old a couple weeks ago, and I am not in college. I don't plan to be in college. And so so that's something that's a very important part of my story. And I think it's really important to show people and especially show kids who feel like they don't fit into the mold. You don't really have to. And college is great for some people, but it's not necessary for everybody. And so I really love the kind of the idea of this podcast that kind of helps share that message. That's great. Well, how did you get into what you're doing? Can you kind of share how you got here with everyone listening? Sure. You know, people ask me this a lot and I don't always have a great answer because it kind of is something that just happened. I knew I always wanted to be a writer, but when I was younger, writing was a career that was always presented as you can either be an author, uh, which is very very difficult and you can't really make a living doing that. Or you can get an English degree and be a teacher, which I really didn't want to do. And so my senior year of high school, I started kind of exploring, submitting some of my articles to magazines and that sort of thing. And that I had some pieces accepted and that started going really well. And from there, I discovered the world of content marketing and copywriting, started applying to jobs and kind of just never looked back. So that's kind of how it all happened. That's really cool. So you started your career your senior year of high school. I did, yes. That's very impressive. After you started submitting your articles, how did you find resources to learn about content marketing? I Googled everything I could think of to Google. Um, and then I found through a lot of trial and error, I found a couple of blogs that really have great advice that I felt like I could trust and that people knew what they were doing. So lots, lots of searching and trial and error. And then I was able to hone in on some really good resources and then kind of read everything they had ever published. <laughs> That's so cool. And you published your first book at 18. I did. Yes. And I actually, I wrote it when I was, I believe I was 16 when I wrote that story. And then I was 18 when it got published. Did it take a lot of resources to get it published, monetary resources? Or how were you able to do that? 
not really. Um, senior year, in addition to submitting some nonfiction articles to magazines, I also took a lot of my short stories and started submitting those to publications as well. So this was something that I submitted to a contest and it was a finalist. And so the company sponsoring the contest was a nonprofit that works to get kids' stories into the hands of middle schoolers who were kind of struggling with reading. And so they took that story and published it for me. That's very cool. What's the story about? The story is about a young girl who was sent to a concentration camp during the Holocaust. Um, so it's it's pretty intense. It kind of follows her as she just tries to survive and tries to find hope in the middle of all these terrible things that are happening to her, which I think is something everybody can relate to because we all have, you know, tough things happen. So I hope that it can just spread a message. Of- Did Was this based on a story you heard or was this completely creative? It was not. It was based on a couple of different things I had read about concentration camps. I kind of pulled a few different elements in there, uh, but primarily it was just something I came up with. That's really amazing. How are you getting copies into your customers' hands? I have sold my books at a couple of, I sold them at a, like a Christmas arts and crafts fair kind of event, which was really fun. And then I also, I'm not marketing the book heavily right now because I don't have time. I wish I did, but it's on Amazon and on a couple of online platforms. So social media has definitely been helpful to get the word out. I love your story because you're young and a lot of young people even in any age, really, I think feel like they have to be doing videos or podcasting, but you've really created a brand and a business through writing, which you said a lot of times we can't be successful in writing because we either have to teach it or publish books, which you already did that, but you've also taken and made a content marketing business around yourself. How do you find clients for your content marketing? When I started out was a lot of online job boards primarily, which was okay to start with, but I quickly found out you can't make a living from online job boards. Um, so I took a course last year called DIN2X, which is put out by Carol Tice from the Freelance Writers Den. And so in this course, she it's designed to help mid-career freelancers double their income. And so she taught me how to just find companies that I would like to work with and approach them, uh, which has been really helpful as far as finding clients. And then in addition to that, this course has really given me a lot of networking opportunities. And so I get a lot of clients now through referrals and, and word of mouth as well. That's really cool. Are you planning on growing this or are you planning on staying You know, solo? I'm not really sure. That's something that I um, have thought about a little bit, but not a lot. For the foreseeable future, I do think I will just stay solo. I do have a virtual assistant who helps me with a little bit of research and editing and those sorts of things. But as far as anything beyond that, I think right now I'm just going to keep it small. That's really cool. What are your friends doing? Do you have a lot of friends that are where you are or... I know I I wouldn't say I have any <laughs> friends. I do have I do have one friend who works full time, but she already graduated college. So so yeah, the majority of my friends are in college. That's that's what they're doing. What did your friends and family say when you said I'm not going to school, I'm starting my own copywriting business or I'm going to freelance as a copywriter? You know, I don't know that there was really a specific moment when I sat down and decided that. It was more of a gradual thing. So I know many of my friends who are my age don't really understand you because content marketing is a relatively new industry anyway. And the majority of my friends are not writers. And so they're not really, they have no idea what I do, um, which is fine, you know, but, but yes, it's definitely a pretty different decision than everybody else. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone that's in high school that wants to start 
doing their own thing like you did? It's totally possible. And, you know, I think a lot of the time college is kind of treated as the only path, which, and, you know, when I was in high school, I toured colleges every weekend. I took the SATs. I applied to colleges. I got into several colleges, but, you know, it's not for everybody. And I realize everyone might not have the opportunity to live at home and grow their business, but I think if they can, um, they absolutely should. You know, totally worth maybe taking a gap year after high school um, and just pursuing something that you want to do. And if it works out, then that's great. And you're set. And if it doesn't work out, then you can still go to college anytime. Absolutely. It's always there, right? Yes. Do you get to travel or do anything? You know, you're so young at such a young age. Do you get to experience things that other people don't because you have a good income and business to support yourself? I did go to Alaska last year for a couple of weeks. Um, that was a great trip, Alaska and Canada. I don't really travel a whole lot because I have several chronic illnesses, so my energy is very low. So I don't know. I have gotten to have a lot of great experiences because my schedule is pretty flexible and I do have a pretty good income. But then at the same time, sometimes I feel like I'm missing out because, you know, I don't have a lot of energy and so I kind of have to focus on work. So yes and no, I guess. Do you ever regret not experiencing college? Sometimes, yeah. You know, when I get on social media and I see my friends' posts, they're spending all day every day with their friends, and it looks like fun. But then I think about, I dual enrolled in high school, so I took college classes online during high school. And I think about, you know, the academic work, and, and then I'm glad that I'm not in college because there's there's two sides to it. It's fun with friends, but it's also hard work, and I was ready for a break from school. So, And now you get to put all your hard work into creating something that provides you an income. I do. Yes. Which is much, I'm much more motivated to to do the work. (laughs) (laughs) So what's been the hardest part of building this for yourself? You know, the hardest part has just been, well, at first I was very scattered and I didn't really, so finding the resources at first to kind of figure out where I should focus my energy. That was a struggle. Um, And then once I found those resources and knew what I needed to do, it was a matter of making myself do it because I knew hard work was going to be necessary, and I like to work hard, but sometimes you just want to. Um, and I grew up homeschooled, so I have very flexible schedule, um, and it, I was very, I was still very flexible with myself as I started my career. And then eventually I realized I can't make a living if I do what I want, whatever I want. I really have to sit on work every day. So that was a little bit of a struggle at first. How many hours a day do you think that you put in? I work nine to six every day, and then I take a lunch break from 12 to 1.30. Okay, very cool. And do you work weekends? I try not to. This month I've had to work a couple of Saturdays, but I try not to work weekends or after six on weekdays. With your being so young, do you ever feel imposter syndrome? Does that... Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And you know, it's hard because I still live at home in my parents' house. I just turned 20 a couple of weeks ago and so I'm still at home. So, you know, I work from my childhood bedroom every day. So I will very often be on a video call with an executive from a company in New York. And then there's the pink wall of my bedroom behind me, which is not ideal. But I just try to remind myself that of all the clients in the past, some the companies and magazines who have trusted me to work for them, where I've met expectations, exceeded expectations. Because, you know, at the end of the day, what matters here is not my age, but whether I can write. Um, so that's that's all that matters. Yeah. I think if I was an executive or someone on the other end of your call, I would be thoroughly impressed with what you've been able to do at such a young age. Like for me, I would want to invest more in you 
because of your age. I hope so. Do you ever get that or do you ever look at it like that? I always wonder which way that's going to swing, you know, because my age could um, could turn some people away. Um, but But I think that my clients that I work with and they've seen what I can do, that's a good point for them. Um, but for anybody that I'm kind of talking with for the first time, you know, there's no reason to bring that up because I just am never sure which way that's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I completely understand that. So I, I do like to ask if you're comfortable with it, just so our listeners can understand where they can be if they choose to follow something that you've that, that you've done. How much is your monthly income? At the moment, I'm averaging four thousand a month, and I would like for that to be five thousand soon. <laughs> At the age of twenty, yes, that is so cool. That is amazing. And most people are taking out loans twenty five thousand plus a year to go to college, and you are earning income. I'm very grateful that I'm debt free. <laughs> That's amazing. And so, the college classes you took in high school, um, you don't have any debt. With no, actually, I live in Georgia, and in Georgia, the state pays for dual enrollment. So I had free college, wow. two years of free college in high school. So that was great. And did you take writing courses? I did. I did take writing courses, but they were all geared towards kind of analyzing literature. So again, kind of the more English teacher path. So they they were helpful, but they didn't particularly pertain to what I do now. Okay, cool. I noticed that you're an SEO expert. I am. Can you explain to our listeners what that is just a little bit? I know it's complicated, but I think it's really cool that you know the ins and outs of SEO. Sure. SEO, search engine optimization, is basically the process of helping people find online articles through search engines like Google. So when I write a blog post and I optimize it for SEO, I will come up with a list of keywords that people might search to find that article. And then I will include them several times in the title of the article, in the subheadings, in the titles of any images in the article, just to give that article the best chance possible of being found by as many people as possible. And you do that for all of your clients or is that just a service you offer in addition to your content writing? The majority of my clients, I would say. Okay, very cool. And then I notice on your site that you are niched. Yes. A little bit. Can you talk about that, what you're niched in and why you chose these certain ones? So I actually have a few conflicting views here. Some people think you should have one or two niches. Some people think you should be a generalist. So I'm kind of in the middle. I have about five niches. I write about fitness and nutrition. I write about healthcare and marketing and education and travel. So all of those niches are areas that I um, have personal experience in and or am really passionate about, which obviously helps the work go more quickly and makes it easier for me to write about those things. So those are kind of the industries I focus in and the type of companies I work with. So you're passionate about them? Yes. Do you ever experience writer's block? Sometimes. Not as much as you might think I would. For the most part, it's pretty easy to get up and get going because it's something different every day. You know, I never write two articles that are all the same topic. Um, So I really like that it's something different every day that I get to learn about and write about. So that helps. That's really cool. How do you hold yourself accountable? What's your number one tip for showing up and doing the work every day? Because you could just procrastinate, but you don't. You work all day. How do you do that? I have, when I took Gen 2X, the course for freelance writers, we were all assigned an accountability buddy. 
So Mm. I talk with mine all day, every day. Her name is Alyssa. We text, we chat, and that's super helpful. We kind of help keep each other on track. And then honestly, it's just a matter of knowing, you know, since I'm self-employed, if I don't work, I don't make money. So that's definitely (laughs) very motivating to help me sit down and get to work. And when I have moved out and have rent to pay, I'm sure that will be even more motivating. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are your parents very proud of you? I think so. Yeah, this wasn't what any of us expected I would be doing, but um, they think it's cool. Yeah. So they're not, they don't pressure you to go get a degree or anything like that? They don't, no. They were great about when I graduated high school and, you know, with my health problems and I just wasn't really feeling college. So they said, you know, just take a gap year and just kind of think about it. So I did. And then I decided I wanted to do this. And if they were ever skeptical, they haven't expressed that to me, but it's going well now. And my dad is a writer too. So it's really fun. You know, he'll read my stuff and I'll read his stuff. So that's really nice. That's amazing. Did he inspire this? Somewhat. Yeah. You know, he works for a nonprofit and he works on a magazine. He writes video scripts. He's writing podcast scripts right now. So it was really nice to kind of have that example and see that there are other types of writing that you can do and make a living, you know, not just analyzing literature, but you can do other types of types of writing too. Right. Well, podcasting too, the Telling stories through podcasting, not just interviewing. I'm sure that's a huge market. It's getting bigger every day. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about writing scripts for that. That's really cool. Have you looked into that? I haven't. I have done a little bit of work for a podcast company, just kind of cleaning up their transcriptions of their interviews. But really that's, cool. that's on my I love list it. to look into. Did you ever yeah. do transcriptions in general? Did you ever transcribe? I did not. No, I thought about that at one point, but I... What Mm -hmm. habit, investment, behavior, book, anything has helped you grow your business the most? Den2x was um, definitely very helpful. Um, I already talked about that a little bit, but if I had not taken Den2x last year, there is no way I would be where I am right now. But also just, you know, getting myself to get in the habit of every day I get up and I sit down at my desk and I work because, which sounds like a no brainer, but you know, like I said, growing up homeschooled, it was, you know, I would never get up every day and sit at my desk from nine to three and do school because my family's schedule was so flexible. We would go out with friends or we'd take a road trip during the school year. So for me, it was a really big mindset shift that I have to work all day, every day. So that was really just Treating my business like a full-time job is what really helped it become my full-time job. When you were homeschooled, did your parents homeschool you? My mom did, yes. Your mom did. Did she sit down with you every day and sort of you know, help make sure that you were doing your work or did you have to hold yourself accountable even in those flexible hours? When I was younger, my mom would sit down with me and kind of walk me through all of my assignments. And then as I got older in high school, I took some classes at kind of a co-op with several friends of mine. And then I had my college classes that were online. And so I was completely responsible for those in high school. I'm sure that helped you develop this accountability habit as well, right? It did, definitely. Yes. That is very cool. Have you ever received bad advice? What's the worst advice you've ever received? You know, I wouldn't necessarily call this advice, but I did have a friend a year or two ago who would always tell me, you're working too hard. You know, all the time, I we would get together and talk about what we had been doing, and, and she would always say, well, you work too much. And I was reading an article recently about how everybody's threshold for burnout is different. So what working too much looks like for one person might not be the same for another person. 
And, you know, I really pride Mm. myself on my work ethic and I want to work hard. So again, that wasn't necessarily advice. It was just her opinion. But I do think sometimes I used to get caught up in what other people would say about, you know, how much I needed to work. Um, And really, I think just I've learned to just kind of focus on myself and because I know myself best and I know my business best. So that's what I've started trying to focus on. That's really cool. Would you say to someone who's having a hard time letting go of what people think of them, doesn't want to start something or is kind of down on themselves because of the things they're hearing? I mean, honestly, this is easy to say and hard to put into practice, but it really doesn't matter. Honestly, you know, you will have a few trusted people in your life, you know, mentor type figures who you do want to definitely take their advice into account. But for the most part, just it really doesn't matter. You know, if you feel like you need to do something, just do it. Absolutely. I love that. I had a mentor tell me once, who really cares what anyone thinks? I don't care what you think. No offense. Nobody in this room is probably going to be at my funeral. So who cares? You know, just if it doesn't work, you're going to be exactly where you started. So you might as well try. Yes. I like that. I like it too. It really helped me sort of shift that fear that I had of of putting myself out there online and the trolls and which I haven't had any of that but I definitely understand where why someone would be nervous or scared to create mm-hmm. anything. Do you think there's a space for everyone online? That's an interesting question. I do. I really do because you know the internet is obviously not going away. It's only getting bigger and there are so many different mm-hmm. opportunities. You know, we talked about podcasting and video or you can gravitate towards blogging and the written word and definitely the way that people consume online content. We all just are getting a bigger appetite for content online. So I do. I think there is space online for everybody. I do too. I completely agree. I don't like when people say that the internet is saturated because I don't believe that it's saturated. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> if in three years, looking back over the last three years, so three years from now, looking back, what would have to happen for you to feel like this journey has continued on a successful path? Well, I have, I do have specific income goals, but I try to not make that be my primary focus. I really want to get my income to a point where I don't have to work 40 hours a week where I just have a few clients who pay me well enough that I can spend time. Um, I haven't had time to write fiction novels in, it's been months, I don't know. And I, and, I, and I really miss that. So, you know, I'm putting in the work now to grow my business. And I hope that soon it'll be at a point where I don't have to spend so much time um, you know, working and I can really just kind of pursue some other things that I would really enjoy doing. That's amazing. So you actually like to write for fun too. Doing this has not hurt your passion for writing? It hasn't hurt my passion, but I definitely, at the end of the day, each day, I want to write for fun, but I, you know, I'm tired of staring at my computer screen and, you know, I kind of feel burnt out. Um, But on the weekends, I do try to write for fun. Yes. Do you write on your computer always or do you ever do pen to paper? My computer. Your computer, even when it's not for fun. Yes. Speaking of fun, what do you do for play? I read a lot. I read, I believe, 153 books last year. So I read a lot. (laughs) Um, Fiction, nonfiction, a little bit of everything? Both, but mostly fiction. Okay. That's really cool. Wow. That is a lot of books. How many did you say? 153. Wow. That is a lot of books. (laughs) Do you watch TV at all? I watch Netflix. 
Netflix. Yep. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. How many books do you want to write throughout your lifetime? Do you have a goal or you just want to create projects? I don't have a goal, but as, as many as I can, I guess. I know that's very ambiguous, but I, I want to write a lot. That's really cool. How, do you have certain ways to expand your vocabulary or do you find it just happens naturally through your writing? Honestly, it just happens naturally a lot of the time. Um, I do a lot of, in addition to content marketing, I do a lot of academic writing. So right now mm. I'm writing a set of college textbooks for Barnes & Noble education, actually. Wow. So my academic writing has been something that's, obviously super, super helpful to help me kind of work on my vocabulary and learn new words and hopefully sound smart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think you sound very smart. (laughs) Yes. How does somebody work on becoming a better writer? I completely think that, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what you read. You can read specific books on the craft of writing, or you can just read fiction books, read biographies. I think you can't be a good writer unless you're a really, really big reader, which is one of the reasons I read so much. Wow. Do you have a favorite book? Oh my gosh. I have a <laughs> lot of favorite books. Wait, okay. Anything? Let's do your favorite fiction and your favorite nonfiction. Ooh. Okay. My favorite fiction book. Again, I have a lot, but one of my top favorites is Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. She writes young adult. Um, I guess it's technically dark fantasy. And then my favorite nonfiction book is I'm reading a really, really good book right now called What's Best Next? How the Gospel Transforms the Way We Get Things Done. And I'm blanking on the author. I believe it's Michael somebody, but it's a book about productivity and it's from kind of a gospel-centered, Bible-centered approach. And it's very, very good. Wow. Those sound like amazing books. How do you remember the things that you read? Do you ever find you have a hard time remembering the things you read? Definitely, because I read very fast. I read too fast. And so I tend to not remember very much. But um, I journal a lot. And so for, for nonfiction books, at least, I'll make note as I go. And that's very helpful. Yeah. Fiction is really something if you want, you can kind of read fast, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because it's you're entertaining yourself essentially, but you get to learn and apply the things that you're reading at the same time, which is cool. Very cool. Is there anything, any advice that you want to share that I haven't asked you about yet? I can't think of anything in particular. All right. I've had an absolutely wonderful time having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find all of Haley's resources in the show notes, or you can visit thehardworkingcreative.com and also find Haley's book on Amazon, which we will link in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about Haley, you can visit thehardworkingcreative.com. That does it for this week's episode of Unschool. There's thousands of podcasts available and you chose to spend your time with us. And for that, we're eternally grateful. Don't forget to subscribe, review, comment, and share this podcast with others who might enjoy it. Stay curious and we'll see you next time.